Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, everybody. I'm Cassidy, one of your Indianapolis Colts cheerleaders, and you're watching the Believe in Colts podcast. Welcome back to Believe in Colts. I'm Lawrence Owen. With me, as usual, is my guy, Donald Thomas. Donald, huge game for the Indianapolis Colts coming up, heading into Jacksonville, week six. Jacksonville and the Indianapolis Colts are absolutely locked, you know, tied right now for the divisional lead at three and two. Indianapolis Colts have not won in Jacksonville since 2014. How big is this game for the Indianapolis Colts heading into week six? This is uh this game is huge. This game is the biggest game to date uh this season for the Colts. And it is going to be imperative that they go out, go down to Jacksonville with uh, nothing but a win on their mind and come back and be in control of the division. You know, so uh, expect to see a physical, hard-fought game. Um, and we're in tune for a good one. I just hope that the Colts can break that that streak of no wins since 2014, which is which is crazy to me. Oh, it is absolutely crazy. And we're going to get into this game in just a moment. But before we do, I want to remind everyone that Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, NFL, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember, Use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Now, as we get into this game, something that I, I, I'm i going to have to mention, obviously we all know that Anthony Richardson is out with an, uh, with an AC joint um, issue, an injury that he suffered this past week. He's going to be out four to eight weeks, depending upon whether or not he needs surgery. But Gardner Minshew, guy who has 3-0 and right now on his record in games that he's played this season. And this week he's going up against a team that drafted him, played him for two years, then benched him to get the starting quarterback that they have right now in Trevor Lawrence. Is this a – is this a – a, a game where, you know, a little bit of a revenge factor for Gardner Minshew heading into this? hundred percent. I mean, if Gardner is going to say that it's not, he's not, he's lying. Right. I mean, you know, as a professional athlete, you are very competitive. You, uh, you take a lot of pride in what you do, you know, and you just want to compete at a high level. And so when a team discards you um, for an upgrade, you have an issue with that. And so he can sit there and he can maybe try to be political and say that it isn't he just concentrating on getting a W. But no, he's he wants to go down there and he wants to prove that he is that they made a mistake and that he is the guy who um they you know turned down and he's a good player and he's still here. And so Gardner's gonna come out firing on all cylinders and don't think don't let him make you think that that's not the case because it is. 
Oh, absolutely. You were a guy uh, before the season started, started was actually advocating to start Gardner Minshew over Anthony Richardson because of his experience, because of his familiarity with Shane Steichen's offense. He's 3-0, and as I mentioned earlier so far, uh, on this Colts team this year going forward over the next four to eight weeks. How how big is this? How much is is on Gardner Minshew's shoulders right now? Can he be that guy and continue to lead this team to victory after victory uh, as we get into the meat of the season? Well, I mean, honest to God, truth, when I heard the Anthony Richardson news, it was, you know, I didn't panic. As much as you don't want to see your starter, your franchise guy go down, um, knowing that you have a quality uh, backup or quality, I wouldn't even say backup, it's a quality replacement for him that can possibly uh, play better than him, you know, in those crunch time situations or just, you know, just leading a football team. Um, it was kind of relieving. So, you know, yes, Anthony's done for a while, but Gardner's, he picks right up where he left off. And, and quite frankly, he's had a good body of work so far when he stepped in for Anthony um, this season. So, you know, I've been an advocate for it. I said he should have started to start the season off. There are people that disagree with me. People always disagree with anybody's opinion, right? But I'm just telling you from a perspective of if you want a guy ready to step in right now and you want to get wins and make a playoff push, you put the veteran in that has shown that he can do it at a high level as opposed to rolling the dice with your rookie quarterback. But I get it. You know, you have to throw him in the fire at some point. Right. I'm not disputing that. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying from my perspective, I would have started Gardner. So now that we are in this, you know, dilemma or this whatever we're in, right, where we have to make a decision and Gardner's the guy, I'm actually like, all right, let's roll. Awesome. Awesome. This past week uh, was the first game back for Jonathan Taylor, the running back who just got that that huge contract signing, $14 million a year for the next three seasons. Uh, goes into this game, gets seven total touches, right? Six carries, one catch. The catch was pretty darn nice. I I, I loved seeing uh, Jonathan Taylor out in space with the football. But the big news, the big day was not to Jonathan Taylor. It was to that other running back, Zach Moss, carried the ball so many times and had so much success against the number one run defense in the NFL. How are these snaps, how are these touches going to be divided in the second week back with Jonathan Taylor coming in against the Jacksonville Jaguars? Well, I'll start by saying I'm glad I don't have to make those decisions, right? <laughs> because that's not a decision I would want to make. But here's the thing, you know, Jonathan's going to start getting more touches. Everybody knows that. Zach knows that. You know, uh, Jonathan knows that. This is a build-up process. Um, you know, we can – I don't know how many touches he'll get. I think he's going to get maybe, you know – We'll double it and we'll see close to 15, maybe 10 to 15 touches this game um, is my prediction. That's going to be like what I say he should get. But the problem is going to be, you know, how is Zach, how does how does Zach respond to it? Because at some point, these reps are going to get cut in half. It's just going to happen. You're not giving a guy $14 million and not giving him saying, oh, we'll wait for Zach to fall off and then you can take the reins. Like that's not going to happen. So it's going to be like a Dallas situation last year when you had you know, two two running backs, they split time, blah, blah, blah. You use one for short yardage. You use one for first and second down, you know, third down, maybe, you know, split like split them out. 
and who's the better receiver there. Like, you know, it's going to be a situation like that where I feel like whoever prevails as the better running back over the course of the season, we'll see it'll be like a 60-40 kind of split. But there's it's, it's going to be very clear here in the next few weeks what's going to happen because they got to put they got to work JT back into it. Well, you're talking about 10 to 15 touches. That's, you know, if you double that 10 to 15 for each one, that's 20 to 30. That's generally what your bell cow usually has, 20 to 30. So uh, my thought process at this point, if he's already going to get 10 to 15, well, why don't you just go with the hot hand at the time? You know, kind of switch it off, drive to drive. Whoever is, seems to be having the hotter hand, go ahead and let them carry the load for the most part and, and use the other guy as a speller. Is that something that maybe Shane Steichen might might go with? I feel like that is a possibility. Here's the deal, though, right? Like, there's certain ways that your uh, running backs fit into an offensive scheme. Um, some are downhill power runners where it's kind of a little bit of a slower pace game. Some of them are, you know, your Tyreek Hill kind of dynamic kind of shifty guys that, you know, they're, they're it's faster pace, right? And so it all kind of depends on what the game plan is going to be uh, for the time being. And it also kind of really depends on, you know, not about just having a hot hand, but about who do you trust more, you know, as the season goes, right? And so, like, in those times where we need a yard, who's going to hit it harder, right? And those times where we need to really widen the defense out, who's our guy? Um, and whoever can kind of, you know, show up and, and kind of be that person that's going to be like that every down player is the one that's going to play, you know, in my opinion. But you can't like sometimes like it doesn't work where you're trying to give equal, like you're trying to be nice to one. So the other one doesn't get mad and be nice to him and baby this one. And you're really hindering your offense at the same time. It just doesn't work that way. Like someone's got to be cut and dry. Like, listen, you're getting the reps. You're the starter. When you get down, you know, you go in and you got to be cool with that with, with, with that role. Now, will guys accept that? It's another thing for us to see. Yeah. I was going over the All-22, the coaches' film of the game against the Titans, and I was seeing something that – just a continuation. For a, for a guy to get 150-plus rushing yards, not only does the offensive line have to be blocking well, but the whole team right? The tight ends, your wide receivers, whatever, they, they all got to be, you know, doing their job properly. And all season long, I have seen a, a wide receiver in Alec Pierce just been stonewalling like safeties and corners. And then this game uh, against the Titans this past week, I was watching him stonewall linebackers. I mean, stonewall them to the point where they didn't even never got close to the the play. And I'm like, what is this? What am I seeing? As an offensive lineman, does that get you fired up when you see like wide receivers out there like just laying out, you know, amazing blocks, you know, out on the outside as well and coming in and doing it against like, you know, legitimate guys that you guys are supposed to be blocking off, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it makes our job easier. You always like to see guys, you know, get in on the blocking because that's what we do as offensive linemen. And, you know, honestly, like, I still love to watch. Like, I can tell you watch the play. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a good run. It's going to be a good run right here because I see it develop. Like, everybody's on the right angle. Everybody's taking, you know what I'm saying, the right approach, and they're all in unison, like, poop, 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 like hitting the, hitting the gaps and, and getting in there and getting on guys. So, um, and especially when you see like a receiver come in and he crack blocks and he gets on that, that outside linebacker and he stones them 
or he's just out there on the perimeter just blocking and giving us those extra three or four yards is huge, man, because now everyone takes blocking fun because, honestly, football is nothing but blocking and tackling. I mean, let's just go back to the basics of when everyone started playing football, what's the first thing they're taught? Block and tackle. Um, And so – but I do have to have one bone to pick with you, though, Lawrence. Go ahead. Okay. A few weeks ago, you said your patience was running thin with Mr. Pierce, right? Yes. But, yeah, and rightfully so, because you had you, you, your argument is definitely valid. I get it. But see how there's other things that, like, see what I'm saying? Like, Pete, like, players do a little bit that keeps them on the field. Like, if I take them off, I don't have anyone else that can block like him. Now, all I need you to do is just catch the ball when your number's called, right? And mm-hmm. so, like, it just takes time for some guys to like develop. I think that he's like he's he's great at one thing, and he really and that's really another thing. If you watch college film when he was back at Cincinnati, like he did a really good job of blocking on the perimeter, like really good job of it. And like I remember when he was coming out, guys were talking about this guy's an ex- exceptional blocker in the run game. It's huge, just like having a they can block and catch the ball. We have a receiver that takes pride in blocking too. It's fun, and so like I, I'm glad that you saw and picked up on him you know, getting in the run game and really seeing how he really gets in there and blocks guys and he adds yardage to the to, to, to the plays. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've noticed that all year that, you know, Alec Pierce just keeps getting better and better at, at blocking. Uh not just, you know, like I said, out on the perimeter, but he'll he'll come from the perimeter, go inside like he did in the game this past week, and just lay out linebackers right at the point of attack. And I'm just like, yeah. this is amazing. Yeah. Right. Uh, still have, still losing my patience with the catching the ball, bringing it in, holding on to it though. You know, he's got as a wide receiver. That is an important job. (laughs) You know, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's very important actually. Just, you know, all all I can say sometimes with, with those younger guys that get drafted high, um, and they come from, you know, a lot's put on them, but at the same time, like we all want, it's, it's a, results right we we want to see results high performance high paying business and the results are what counts and matters so yes but you know i i do i do have hope that he can see that he's getting better every week he's he's one of those guys where practice is so crucial for him like he's got to be on the practice field during the season like practice for him like he has to work on something every single day get better at practice is going to be crucial in his development. It's not just an off-season thing for him. Like, yeah, he knows the routes. He knows everything else. He's got to learn how to really attack practice and get better every day. Absolutely. Now, uh, this past Sunday, the Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Buffalo Bills. Mm. I mean, they they beat them in London. And it has a lot to do with, you know, the speed and ability of these guys that Jacksonville has on offense, Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Travis Etienne, Evan Ingram, the tight end, all these guys, very quick, great yards after the catch. And the Indianapolis Colts, as we know, very, very, very young. We're talking rookies on the outside, right, Um, at cornerback. And – and I talked about last week how that was a worry with me going up against Tennessee. And, of course, DeAndre Hopkins had himself a game. Um, I expect probably Calvin Ridley to have a game as well in this game because of the situation of the youth of our cornerback situation. But, um, you know, this is this will be the second game that Jalen Jones, the seventh-round pick, will be able to be playing 
Juju Brantz will be in his third game this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, what What are your thoughts about the matchups between their wide receivers and our secondary? It'll be interesting to watch. That's that that's for sure. I think that uh, this is a game where, and I mean honestly, for the rest of the season, it's going to be a lot of uh, experience versus inexperience, um, and those guys just have to get better every week. You know, Etn and those boys are are shifty guys. They're 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 very tough to to keep up with. Um, I think that there's going to be you know, it's not just the corners. It's going to be what are the safeties going to do this game. What is Rodney Thomas going to do this game, right? Like he's got to be over the top of one of those guys. and He's going to have to help those younger guys out. And really for the rest of the season, um, the safety safety play is going to be so crucial in helping out these young corners when they, if, if and when they do get beat, um, you know, safeties are going to have to make plays. And this is one of those games where we talked a couple weeks ago about, you know, Rodney had, you know, tackle a little bit better. And so this is going to be where we're going to have to really have some good tackling. We got to wrap up head up, you know, across the thigh board. We can't be one of those where we think we're just going to, you know, use a shoulder and get in on those guys. But, you know, these guys, are gonna, their, their numbers are called at this point. And they're going to have to show up and they might have to play off a little bit. They can't, I mean, press coverage might be the death of the, you know, the secondary this week. This isn't a press coverage game, in my opinion. We got to get a little cushion and give those guys everything in front of us, keep them in front, make the tackle, and then just hope our, our, our four up front can get pressure on uh on the quarterback absolutely our uh looks like to me that we're going to get two guys back from concussion that we did not have last week bernard ryman the left tackle looks like he's on pace to come back which means we'll have a fully healthy offensive line which would be oh my gosh yeah and quitty pay will be back it looks like he's also full practicing which means we're going to have a fully healthy defensive line how big is going is the battle of the trenches this week against Jacksonville? Huge. I mean, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, when we look at it from a standpoint of we talked about the previous weeks, where was the pass rush, right? Where was the pass rush? Um, with Pay coming back, that really helps us out, you know, having him fire and hopefully he's all the way 100% of what he can possibly be for this game. Um, but it's, it's always crucial, man. Like I'm biased, right, when it comes to, you asked me, it's but it's really up front, right? That takes care of business, the outcome of the football game. And so on the defensive side of the ball, we got all we got all four guys and the way our linebackers are stepping up and playing right now. Um, you know, I think that honestly, like Zaire Franklin is probably one of the best playmakers on defense and in football right now. I mean, this is just my opinion. I'm not just saying it just because this is the Believe in Colts podcast. I'm saying it because I'm watching this young man make plays and it's pretty impressive. So having those guys all healthy allows, you know, our linebackers to get free and make some plays. It allows us to have to hurry the quarterback up. And now we might get some 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 bad throws. We can get some picks. I'm waiting. I want to see Juju get another one. You know what I'm saying? I want to see Rodney get a pick and somebody else in the secondary so we can get this, you know, this, the microscope off of, you know, our secondary and, and the pressure on those guys, man. Absolutely. You know, we were talking – you were talking about Zaire Franklin and, um, you know, he's playing with that fire and intensity that he played with when he was a special teams guy. Right. And he brought, he, when he was, when he was called up to do linebacker, he brought that same fire and intensity. Someone else I'm starting to see that with, with a guy this year that was brought up as a, from a special teams ace, Grant Stewart, who was backing up Shaquille Leonard, Shaquille being out. 
Grant Stewart last week came in and was firing on all cylinders. Now, granted, he missed a tackle because he was very aggressive, um, which allowed one of the big runs. I think it was 10 yards. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, But in the most part, he was making tackles. He was making tackles in the backfield. He was he was shooting gaps, doing very, very, very well for himself so i'm hoping to see more out of him along with ej's speed uh you're i 100 agree with you i think this linebacking core right now is all playing with i wouldn't call it necessarily a reckless abandon it's just that fire and intensity that you like to see these young guys play with not you know just no care just go and do your job right yeah. I mean, when you have young guys that are considered to have been the underdogs coming into their um, NFL careers and they weren't the stars, they're backups and just on special teams. And that's for any position. When you get a shot, you're like, listen, I'm better than him. I'm about to show you I can go. Right. And so you have guys stepping up like EJ, um, you know, that when they get their shot to play, they're full go. And they're going to show you like, all right, you can nitpick and say that, you know, so-and-so does this better than me, but I'm about to give you every single down where I'm, I'm going to try to make a play. I got to be smart. I got to, you know, shoot my shot. You know, and I guarantee you, like, the coaches got on him about, you know, missing that tackle. But at the end of the day, like, they, if you make a mistake, I, my coach always say you better make it 1,000 miles per hour. I have no qualms with that. So yeah. if you're going to make a mistake or you're going to go in and shoot your shot, go in 1,000 miles an hour, shoot your shot. We'll, we'll correct it. Like didn't bite us in the butt. It was a 10 yard run and we'll fix it. Right. So I'm, you know, I love to see guys, you know, I was a six round draft pick and heck you couldn't tell me I wasn't going to be a starter my rookie year. Right. Because I was like, I'm going to prove to everyone that when I get my shot, right. You know what I'm saying? I'm not giving it back and I'm going to show you that I'm better than you. And so that's exactly what I did. And so when you look at guys like this, to get a shot when you have Leonard, who's the guy and got paid and everyone's like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. blah. Okay. Now he's hurt. Okay. My turn. I'm about to show you that I'm in the league for a reason. I love seeing that, right? Because it's like the underdog mentality. You just get a group of guys that just want to make plays. Any final words or thoughts about this upcoming game? It's got to be physical. Um, You know, the Colts, if you look at it from a standpoint, the last time they were in Jacksonville last year, they packed it up. They packed it up. At the end of the season last year, it was, you know, one of the – one of those performances where I was, I couldn't believe it. Right. And so like um, they, they know that they're grown men, they're professionals. I guarantee they talked about it, even though it wasn't the same coaching staff and all that, like they know what it was. And and so they got to go in there and Jacksonville knows they haven't once 2014. It's going to be a physical game. It's going to be physical. It's going to be, you know, the room for mistakes are going to be very, very small. And the turnover battle, we got to win the turnover battle. If the Colts can do that, control the line of scrimmage and be the more physical team, you know, they have a shot. I mean, you know, honest to God, truth, you know, I, this game for me um, can go either way. This game can go either way. And I'm not just saying that because the Colts haven't won in, since 2014, but Jacksonville just has their number and they just, for whatever reason, turn it up and they're coming off of a win as well where they played. I still think Buffalo's a very good football team, even though they got some internal issues. Uh, they beat a very good football team. And so it's going to be interesting to see how the Colts respond um, to them Jacksonville riding high right now. Absolutely. My, 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 my final thoughts on this game is pretty much we talked about, you know, um, how this team 
was unable to get some pressure at times uh, over the last couple weeks uh, playing that zone defense and how you don't want to play press coverage against these guys, which means you better make your tackle when that ball is caught, right? You cannot allow yards after catch. You're already going to give up, you know, little quick short passes, high completion passes the way it is as, as it is. You better make the tackle when it's there. Um, Otherwise we're going to get burnt bad. Um, So, in my opinion, this is a situation where fundamentals are very, very important. Uh, cover, close, tackle. That is the most important thing. If we can get that accomplished, I feel like our defense will limit big play opportunities. And you will see opportunities if you're able to do that. There will, there will be opportunities to capitalize on mistakes from their offense because the more plays they have, uh offensively that means the more opportunities for a mistake to happen might get a turnover or something so that's that's big for me um score predictions my guy go ahead i I gotta go for okay i'll go first um so i'm gonna say this i'm gonna say 28 21 jacksonville Ooh. yeah i'm you know what i can understand that i see it i mean this is a pretty darn high powered offense i got a feeling like you said, this is kind of a revenge game for Gardner Minshew. I also feel like we've already played Jacksonville once. Gus Bradley kind of knows and sees a little bit about what to expect from this current, this year's Jacksonville team. He'll probably, they might not play up close and personal, but I, I feel like we might bring a little bit more pressure than we did against uh, the Titans, you know, sending an extra fifth man or something or sixth man uh, for pressure. I feel like we can we we can walk out of this game with a win as long as we're able to run the ball very very well and control the clock. Keep that high powered offense on the sideline. I see this as a game where the Colts could win twenty four seventeen. Okay. Okay. Last so, week, I mean, last week you picked the Titans, or I picked the Titans. You picked the Colts. This week it's flipped. So. <laughs> yep, it is. It is. So. You know, I um I just I just think this is gonna be a hard nosed football game and this is probably a matchup that you know many people around the league won't watch, uh fans of 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 football. But if you're if you are a fan of football, you might want to tune in and watch this game because it has a lot of playoff implications and you know it's just I love watching games like this because they're 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 very important for the season. Yeah, this I mean it's the AFC South right now, no team has less than two wins. Right. Uh, that's that's a really tight division right now. So and this will be the fight for the divisional lead. So absolutely huge, huge game uh, when it comes to playoff implications. Um, but I think that's going to do it for this episode a preview of the Indianapolis Colts heading to Jacksonville week six of the 2023 NFL season. I'm Lawrence Owen. As usual, that's my guy, Donald Thomas. This was Believe in Colts brought to you by bet online and as usual go colts go colts baby do you believe thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.